Let's uh, get into our message tonight on part two of The Sound of Music. And uh, we remember our theme verse has been Ephesians 5.10, Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And again, I remind you that these messages are Bible principles, not just my opinions. Uh, some principles do not necessarily refer to music directly, but they certainly can be applied to all areas of life, including music. And if we want to know, we can know what kind of music God wants us to have. And uh, guide, God can guide us in our musical choices. Now, let's just review a little bit as we think about what we talked about last week. We talked about a spiritual person and a spiritual person... Uh, we have uh, the spirit, number one, the mind, number two, and the body, number three. And this is a pattern that we find in the scriptures. Uh, the spirit, uh, uh, in Matthew six thirty three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Putting the spirit first is what we're talking about. Uh, then 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down the imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought uh, to the obedience of Christ. This has to do with our minds. And then Romans 13.14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the flesh thereof. See this biblical pattern of spirituality, putting uh, spiritual things first and then the mind and then the body. And that will make a spiritual person. Then we also talked about a sensual person. That's where we reverse the order and put the body first, the mind second, and the spirit third. And again, we have a biblical pattern uh, throughout the scriptures, but especially in uh, Romans chapter 1, in verse 24, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And then in verse 26, a verse associated with the mind, For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And then verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which were not convenient. And that's putting the spirit last. Now, we talked, well, how does this apply to music? And Ephesians chapter 5, again, has been the uh, passage which uh, we've been looking at uh, a number of these principles. And we looked at Ephesians five sixteen through 19, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and not, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord." Now, we said there that uh, you have a uh, uh, three areas, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms have to do with words of the Scripture set to music. Hymns are songs of praise to God, and spiritual songs are songs of testimony of what God has done in our lives. And once again, we uh, have the Spirit, mind, and body really here, and uh, the Spirit coincides with melody, and uh, uh, the mind uh, coincides with harmony. And then we uh, have the third area, the body and rhythm. So we've looked at the spirit and melody. 
Uh, and we've looked at the mind in harmony. And I'm not going to play the piano for you tonight, but uh, uh, the, the melody uh, is, that, is how we recognize the song. And then the harmony is what the mind fills in uh, there. Uh, sometimes we hear music uh, that uh, people harmonizing. And uh, if they're not harmonizing uh, quite right, your mind says, hey, somebody's just off a little bit, right? Somebody's just a little bit off. And our mind tells us that because it doesn't sound right. It doesn't go together, okay? So the spirit it coincides with melody, the mind with harmony. And we've looked at what it means to be a spiritual person, a sensual pe- person, and we've begun to apply these principles to music. We've looked at the melody and the harmony, but the third part, uh, which we all know, is that of rhythm. The body and rhythm. Now, <clears throat> your body is the only part of you that has movement. Uh, your body has the ability to move. Now, as we get older, that ability uh, becomes a little more uh, restricted. Uh, we don't move. We don't bend. We don't uh, uh, do the things like some of you young uh, whippersnappers can do. You know, you guys can, you can do this. You can bend over and pick things up and you can get down there and you can do all kinds of things. You can run. You can jump. You can, and so as we get older, uh, we get restricted in our movement. Your mind doesn't move, nor does your spirit. I know we talk about uh, uh, the wheels turning in our minds, you know. I guess that's the only movement your mind would have, but it's really not a moving part. Uh, we talk about the moving of the spirit, and that's not really a moving part in the sense that we're talking about here. The body's really the only part that has an outward physical motion. The part of music to which your body responds is the rhythm. Now, that word rhythm is a Bible word. Uh, it's the Greek word reo, which means to flow or to pulse. To flow or to pulse. Now, although this word is not used in relation to music in the Bible, its meaning and its use do give some insight concerning rhythm and music. For instance, Jesus used this in John chapter 7, verse 38, when He said, He that believeth on Me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his body, or belly, shall flow, there's the word, reo, or pulse, rivers of living water. The rhythm is the pulse of the music, and the analogy between the pulse and the rhythm will help any Christian who wants to, to gain discernment in his choices of music. For instance... has pulse. Both of these examples, some of you are tapping your foot to the, the band music, and you can hear the pulse of this music as well. So rhythm, uh, music has pulse.
Now we start out with that with that uh, that heartbeat, and then it gets into uh, the rhythm. So I've given you some examples of you know where you can have rhythm in music. Now there's nothing wrong with rhythm, just as there's nothing wrong with having a body. I hope you all brought your body to church tonight. Okay. And it reminds me of some people who say, well, when they don't come to church, oh, I can't be there at the service tonight, but I'll be there in spirit. Kind of wonder about that sometimes. We know that what they mean, it'd be kind of strange to have a bunch of spirits around here, okay? But there's nothing wrong with having a pulse. I hope you have a pulse tonight, okay? In fact, it's good if you have a pulse. If you don't have a pulse, well, we need to make some arrangements. Now, no pulse, the body is dead. In the same way in music, if there's no rhythm, the music is dead. Life is important to us physically. It should be important to us also spiritually. But if you have a pulse that's out of control, then we say something is wrong. If there's too much pulse in your body, we say your body's sick. You know, you can sometimes put your finger up by your neck and fight. But you know, if, if I see a person uh, sitting or lying there and their pulse is bulging out like that, I say, wait a minute, something's wrong. Where's my cell phone? You know, I'm going to call 911. Too much rhythm... In music, the music becomes sick. Now, we need controlled pulse in our bodies. That's what we want to strive for, a controlled pulse. But we also need to have a controlled rhythm in our music. And our music will be well. Let me give you another illustration of this. Rhythm is like salt. Now, I'm going to stop preaching here and go to meddling, maybe. But rhythm is like salt. Now, if you've got a plan to go to McDonald's afterwards, uh, maybe you want to let this help you a little bit here. But nothing wrong with salt, okay? Would you agree with me? There's nothing wrong with salt, but it must be used under strict control. Suppose I did go out down to McDonald's afterwards, uh, after church, and I ordered a hamburger and fast food places are supposed to be controlling the salt even more these days, of course. But suppose I ordered a hamburger and said, I want 50% meat and 50% salt. Some of you are going, ugh. You'd say, yuck, no way. 50% meat, 50% salt. Well, okay, I'll cut the salt in half then. Let's go 75% meat and 25% salt. Does that sound better? That's still a lot of salt, isn't it? You say, that would taste horrible. Well, even if I made it 90% meat and 10% salt, you'd say, boy, that's still a lot of salt, isn't it? Let's compare that to music. Rhythm is like salt. In a hamburger, if you have 50% salt and 50% meat, that's like having heavy metal rock. If you have 75, uh, 25% salt and 75% meat, you have hard rock. If you have 10% salt and 90% meat, you have soft rock. But they're all too much salt. 
All too much in rhythm. Now, if we look at another er- other areas of mer- music, like even a full symphonic band, or orchestra, I should say, a full symphonic orchestra has a hundred musicians. I don't know if you've ever been to a symphony. If you've never have, it's a wonderful experience. To hear a full orchestra playing with all the violins and cellos and, the, and so forth. But they usually have about three or maybe four of those 100 are playing rhythm instruments. Now they may have more instruments up there on the platform, but there's really only about three or four at any time, and sometimes less than that. And so we say that's about three to four percent rhythm. Now if you take a rock band, you've got a rhythm guitar, you've got a bass guitar, You've got a drummer. That's 75% salt. 75% rhythm. You might have a lead guitar that might play a melody from time to time if you can hear it because of the overwhelming rhythm from the other 75%. Remember, spirit coincides with melody. The mind with harmony and the body with rhythm. The spirit ought to be first in a Christian's life. Melody ought to dominate in good Christian music. And so that's a guide for you in choosing your music. If you turn on some music and, wow, that's a lot of rhythm. Maybe that's not a good choice. Or the rhythm's out of control. Maybe that's not a good choice. The mind and the harmony are important because it determines which way we're going. And the body and the rhythm ought to be kept on the bottom. It ought to be kept in control. So what happens if we reverse the order? If we put body or rhythm at the top? Now if I say that the body is the most important thing, it belongs on top, then what kind of a person am I? I'm a sensual person. A fleshly person. And whenever the body is first, the flesh will be exalted. And we need to beware of this. What's the one thing that the world exalts? Well, the one thing that the world will exalt, every, about 99% of the commercials on TV will exalt the body. The world has fooled many Christians into thinking that beauty, outward beauty, is the most important thing in life. That's not it. That's world, the world's thinking. That's the way the devil thinks. And Satan would have us put our bodies first, keep it most important so that we, could, uh, we forget about the spirit. We forget about godliness. We forget about taking care of the new man. Satan wants the flesh to be on top, the body to dominate your life. And so when you turn music upside down and you make the rhythm first and dominant, You exalt the body and you suppress the spirit. Many people uh, say that music today is hard to understand. That is the words. They're hard to understand. They, they, They listen to the music of the day and they say, I can't understand the words. Why? Because the melody has been suppressed. Now, when you see people listening to rock music... It might be in the car. You may be driving down River Street here and stop at the stoplight there at Quick Trip. And you might hear this, boom, 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 boom. You say, what's going on? Well, you look over to the next car and he's going, 
you know. What's happening? The rhythm is controlling his body. Or if it's a concert, you see movement. It's because the rhythm is in fellowship with the body. The spirits are not being affected. I had a lady say to me after she attended a contemporary Christian concert at her church, she said, oh, you should have been there. The Holy Spirit was present. You, should have, you could just feel His presence. No, it probably wasn't the Holy Spirit. It might have been a spirit, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit because there was a lot of rhythm. And rhythm was placed on the top. It was made more important than the spirit. Much of today's contemporary Christian music is based upon rock music. Too much rhythm. Too much salt. And even the world will recognize the inconsistency of CCM or contemporary Christian music. Here's a quote from Time magazine called CCM, the new lyrics for the devil's music. That's a worldly person. That's not a Christian saying that. That's not a preacher saying that. That's the world even saying that contemporary Christian music are new lyrics for the devil's music. Another quote was, the sound of a swarm of angry insects amplified several thousand times. Now they're not talking about a godless rock band concert. They're talking about a Christian concert. In Luke 16 and verse 8, the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of the light of light. And many times this has been the case where the the world makes a better criticism of so-called Christian rock music. Another quote from a Christian magazine said this learn to rock and roll without rocking your faith. Now there's also what's called crossover songs these days um, that'll appeal both to secular the world, the secular world, the religious world. And that is so that these music companies can do what? Make money. They make money from the world. Well, what about making some money from Christians too? You know, Christians have money. So let's make some money from the Christians. So we have a crossover song. And the problem is that it's like the fellow who fought in the Civil War. He wore a Union coat and he wore Confederate pants and he got shot in both ends. It just doesn't work. There is a Christian rock festival that takes place and has taken place for the last 27 or 26 years. Maybe uh, 2015 is the uh, 27th year over in Ohio. And I get, I've gotten, over the years, I've gotten advertisements at my church office from this, uh, uh, this uh, Christian rock concert. Bring your kids, bring your people, bring, you know, y'all come. We're going to have a great time. And they have all kinds of groups that are coming in. And one of the quotes that I, that I, when I got some of the material, it said this, with a deft combination of rock gems, driving pop songs, and heartfelt ballads, this group is a band filled with a passion and honesty. I question the honesty part there. That has captivated millions of music fans since they were first introduced to their innovative blend of harmonious folk, techno, and alt-rock stylings. 
with nearly 5 million records sold and a decade of music, musical history under their belt, this group is one of the most innovative and provocative bands of our decade, and we're just thrilled to have them back at the festival. Another group has this description. Fun. Dancing. Fun. Sweat. Fun. Horns. Horns. More horns. Fun. Black ties. Uh, black jackets. Ties and fedoras. Fun. See how everything is it's just fun, fun, fun. Now, I like to have a good time, don't you? But you know the Christian life is not just about having fun. They go on to talk about sunglasses and skanking. This group will be bringing their amazing blend of ska, ska, worship and ministry to Main Stage Friday, alive for the 16th consecutive year. Now, skanking is called is the bizarre, the bizarre wild dance done to the music known as ska, S-K-A, not to be confused with skank or skanking resembling running in place while flailing their arms. And while popular ska shows and more acceptable at other mixed venues simply join the mosh, unskilled skankers are sometimes mistaken for seizure victims. Hey, is that the kind of thing you want to have in your church? Not, I don't. I don't want to have it in my church. I don't want to have it in my home. I don't want to go to a place where this is taking place. Ska, or SKA, is a modern style of vocalized Jamaican popular music which emerged in the 1950s as a blend of African Jamaican folk music, calypso, and American rhythm and blues, notable for its shuffling, scratch-like tempo and jazz-like horn riffs on the offbeat. And this is a Christian concert where these people are, have performed year after year. Let's look at another passage of Scripture. In Galatians, chapter 5. We see here how it relates to what we're talking about here. Galatians, chapter 5, and in verse 16. Notice what it says there. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There are two things here in this passage. There's the spirit and there's the flesh. And we see here that as long as we're walking in the spirit of God, as long as we're doing what God wants us to do, as long as we're living by the word of God, we will not at the same time be walking in the flesh. You see, it's impossible for me to walk in the spirit and in the flesh at the same time. At the moment I'm living in the Spirit, the Bible says I can't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We cannot do both at the same time. And also when we're walking in the flesh, when we're doing some things that are wrong, when we're living for ourselves, when we're living, we're not living for Jesus. You cannot live for yourself and be selfish and live for the Lord at the same time. When we're living the way we want to live, we're not living the way God wants us to live. We can't do both. We can't walk in the flesh and at the same time be a godly person. We can't be a godly person at the same time walk in the flesh. We have to make a choice. Now the Christian is the one who makes the choice. The Christian. You know, a lost person doesn't really have to make the choice. You know, a lost person, they live in darkness and they really don't have any conflict. You say, you, a lost person doesn't have any conflict? Well, not in this regard. 
Because he doesn't have to worry about the spirit. He doesn't have to worry about the old man and the new man. All he has is the old man. No conflict. But when we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a new man that lives within us. And the new nature and the old nature live within us and we must make choices day by day as to which to follow. Now you've probably heard this illustration somewhere along the line. If you've been around... Uh, but uh, years ago, Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used the illustration of two dogs, a white dog and a black dog. Now, if we brought those two dogs into the room tonight, or maybe just brought them out into the yard here, and we let them go at it, we let them fight. Well, they would fight, and they would fight, and they would tear each other, and then we'd pull them apart, and we'd put them in separate cages, and notice what we do We take the white dog and we mend his wounds and we feed him and we water him and we give him care and we give him love. But the black dog, we close the door of the cage and we give him nothing. No food, no drink, no care, no love. Tomorrow we come back and we put the two dogs in the middle of the room again or out in the yard there and we let them fight again. And they go after it. Again, we pull them apart and we put them in separate cages. And again, we care for the white dog. The black dog... We throw in the cage, we give him nothing, no care, no food, no water. Next day we come back again and we bring the dogs out a third time and the black dog kind of limps along and he can hardly walk. The white dog, he's nourished and he's prancing around, he's ready to go. He's had food, he's had water, he's had care, he's had love, and we let him fight again. Now if we keep doing this long enough, which dog is going to win? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? The white dog's going to win. Why? Because we've fed him and we've nourished him and we've cared for him. And so it is with the two natures that live within us. We have a new man, Jesus Christ. We have an old man, the man of sin. And these two live within us and they're fighting. And the Bible says the flesh lusteth or warreth against the spirit. They're fighting against one another, just like that white dog and that black dog, and they're doing battle one with the other. Now look at verse 17 of Galatians chapter 5. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You see, it's up to you and me as to which one wins. In other words, if we take care of the flesh and we feed the flesh, we water the flesh, we take care of it, and it will dominate our lives. But if we take care of the Spirit, if we water it and feed it, if we listen to things that are godly and watch things that are godly, and we keep our minds stayed upon Jehovah, we keep nourishing that Spirit of God that lives within us, then the Spirit will dominate our lives. The Spirit will be the dominant thing. And that's why the Bible says... As a man thinketh, so is he. If a Christian keeps his mind on the flesh, he is going to be a fleshly person. But if a Christian keeps his mind on the spirit, he will be a spiritual person. And so we must keep the spirit first on top, the flesh and the body on the bottom. And when you turn the music upside down and you put the rhythm first, you exalt the body and you suppress the spirit. Now one of the world's musician said this, one of the reasons we are so successful is that we're able to keep the music hard and direct, so it communicates directly 
with the body. You see, even the world knows the principles I'm teaching you here. This person was saying that the rhythm is kept on top, it's kept most important, it's going to communicate with your body. And what do these musicians say fits together? They say rhythm goes with the body. The same truth we've been talking about right here from the Bible. And the success of today's music is that musicians say they can control the flesh. They can control the body. They keep the rhythm number one. What makes it attractive? It communicates with the body. And when people have put the flesh number one in their lives, whether they're saved or whether they're unsaved, that music is going to appeal to them. Now, in conclusion tonight, I want to play three examples for you, and I believe you will see what I'm saying. Now, all three of these are from Christian groups, or at least they claim to be Christian. First one is uh, from several years ago, and it's from a group called the Gaither Trio. Whoops, back up. Yeah, not working here. I'll get it to work here then. There we go. Gaither trios uh, or Gaithers are still around. They haven't improved much. This is a song called We Are Persuaded. And it's using a disco beat. It's the kind of same kind of music they use in a nightclub for disco dancing. We don't know much about that these days. The Gaither Trio recorded that a number of years ago using the disco beat. They mixed words of scripture with the devil's music. Folks, it just doesn't work. Notice another example, still the very popular singer today in both secular and Christian circles. And she takes a very good imitation hymn and she puts it to a rock music or a rock uh, song. We'll get her. This uh, performer's name is Amy Grant. She's going to sing for us an invitation song. Notice the dominance of the rhythm already. Now the melody's going to come in here and you're going to recognize it. But it's being lost. Softly and tenderly Jesus is calling Now, a lot of ways, I hesitate to play that kind of stuff. It's almost blasphemous to hear her sing it in that style. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling with an emphasis on the body, not the spirit. There's uh, one more example I want to give to you. See, I don't believe these people are really interested in putting the spirit first. 
and the body last. If they were, they wouldn't use that kind of music. You see, everything about their music gives an indication otherwise. I believe that the Bible-believing Christians have similar standards all around the world. And although I cannot testify to this personally, since I'm really not a world traveler, there are those who've studied this and found this to be true. You see, these principles are not governed by personal preference. They're not governed by culture. But they're governed by, thus saith the Lord. In uh, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see, the music we listen to and the music we use should match the character of Christianity. Let me play one more example for you. My burdens rolled away, oh my burdens rolled away. I remember when my burdens rolled away. I had carried them for years, oh my burdens rolled away. When I sought the blessed Lord and I took Him at His word, at once all my burdens rolled away. Rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. away. I am happy since my burdens rolled away. Now you have there an example of melody. You hear the harmony. It was nice, close harmony. Our minds really could relate to that, couldn't it? And, the, and the, the rhythm was there, yes, but it was under control. It wasn't out of control. And that kind of a song can appeal to our spirits. Not to our bodies, but our spirit. Again, we need to remember what it says in Ephesians 5.10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And as we make musical choices, I want us to keep this in mind. The spirit, the mind, and the body. The uh, melody, the harmony, and the rhythm. The spirit, the melody, should be dominant. And if it's not dominant in your music, you better take a uh, a closer look at it. Let's bow for prayer. Father in heaven.